Welcome to episode 5 of the podcast. In this episode, my friends and I spend a good part of the beginning meandering around different cultural topics, ethical topics, and the idea that we're really trying to unpack is whether or not a society can effectively legislate a morality and whether that's the purpose of the society. Um, we go a lot around different topics, but we do wind up settling eventually and speaking for a good long period of time on specifically the practice of abortion. So our views kind of come out in this. Like I said, the earlier part, we're really just laying our foundational philosophies through exploring these other topics, um, but they really wind up coming to play once we start talking about the issue of abortion. So enjoy. Hey guys. Hey. Hey. Not welcome to my shed. Oh, welcome. <laughs> to my shed. Well, then somebody's got to say to what, and then I say to my shed. But anyway. Hi. How's everyone doing? Good. All right. <clears throat> so far, so good. Yeah. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll go around and say how we feel. Uh, so we have kind of started <clears throat> a conversation, and I would like to get us kind of on track uh, with that. Um, <clears throat> so also, while while Eric, Sam, and Peter were away uh, getting food, Miguel and I had started to have a conversation um, talking <laughs> about, you know, we were talking about Trump and talking about, um, you know, the idea of racism. And then we kind of revisited something that had happened here last week where, um, Miguel, you had said something about trumping against you know the chinese and the mexicans and the muslims and then and i i kind of like you know hit the brakes on that just to kind of delineate the difference between um you know an ideology and a race and then we started talking in there a similar thing wound up coming up and we started to talk about so eric you have said that you know we'll wind up talking a lot about kind of men and women and the differences between them and and maybe even feminism um but Miguel and I were talking and the idea of almost like a snobbery, like an ideological snobbery came up where it's like, uh, I don't view your ideas as valid um, because they're different than mine. And I had brought up the idea of um, sati, which is the Hindu practice of when a man dies, um, you know, they have the funeral pyre. And they light, you know, him and everything on, on fire. And then his wife is supposed to jump into that funeral pyre. And how when missionaries went to India um, for the sake of, you know, preaching the gospel, one of the things that they did is they, they invalidated this practice. And they, and they spoke about how this is like, you know, not a cogent way to run a society. You know, you could, they, they talk about how this is not how God designed people to function or marriages to function and things like that. And people kind of push back with like, you're, you're trying to force your religious ideas on me instead of like allowing me to practice this deep cultural, traditional practice of, of sati. And the people would basically respond with saying, well, yeah, because I believe that this actually is better. Like it's better for the women. It's better for the society. Um, and that the the goal of 
pursuing Christ in the way that he tells us to um, believe about marriage and, and, and treat each other is actually a superior idea to all other competing ideologies. And we kind of use that as a door to start talking about um, women and just competing ideologies in general. So, Miguel, would you like to kind of weigh in on that? or? Uh, yeah, I think... I think there's, I, okay, so that conversation um, did have a delineation between essentially um, imperialism for imperialism's sake mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, the great commandment. Kingdom expansion. Yeah, yeah kingdom expansion. Um, and so um, I ultimately agree that uh, kingdom expansion is important. It is a um you know, it is, uh, we're commanded to do so. Um, and where I had left off was, I think we need to, um, be cautious about, um, are we expanding for the sake of outward expansion and foregoing truly the purpose of that, which is saving lives. Um, because I feel like very quickly what occurs is imperialization from that. Um, and could we not focus on inward expansion? Um, but I also think ultimately, um, changing laws doesn't change hearts. Changing hearts changes laws. Um, and I really think that that's where, um, a a lot of times you can see some of that expansionism, um, go awry, that it's, hi, I'm here, I know better because I know Christ, and this is how things are going to be done. And it's like, okay, but you're not addressing the heart of the issue, and right now you're coming off as uh, imperialistic um, versus, hey, I'm here, let me love you well, let me serve you well, let me tell you about uh, someone who loves you better and serves you better than I ever could, um, and the sacrifices that are made and why it's not, why maybe this practice that you're doing or this idol that you're worshiping isn't the way and letting that change the culture and have you ever seen mosquito bay i've not but i feel like i live there (laughs) (laughs) it's it's a film with harrison ford that i was shown in at at, in college Hmm. um that had to do with um you know just like the the these tribal people out in the jungle and harrison ford moved his family there to live amongst them because he wanted this more simplistic life And, um, he was definitely not a Christian. They made, he, he made a point in the movie of saying that he wasn't a Christian because he came across missionaries Hmm. and, um, so they obviously had, you know, differing ideas about how life should be lived out there amongst the people. Um, but then it also showed the negative side of what could happen with Christianity. Um, kind of like what you were saying, where it's like, they just want to change it to have kind of like form of it. Yeah. And, and it, so it showed Harrison Ford's family going to one village where these missionaries had, I almost said infiltrated, but like had, um, ha, yeah, like they, they had gone there to reach these people, but there were no missionaries there actually taking care of them anymore. They had literally built a church building and were, and they were now, um, brainwashed into watching these videos of hmm. this pastor just talk to them. 
but there were no actual people there helping them at all. It was literally just they came and built a church building. What's the time period in this? Um, I think it's supposed to be like pretty modern. Yeah, fairly modern. I I want to say a movie. What's that? I said if they're yeah. watching a movie. If they're yeah. watching, because yeah. I had a there's a well keep going, but this is reminding me of another movie. Well, it was it was just. It, it was just showing that even though maybe, uh, you know, intentions of missionaries are proper, there are some people who are doing things just to have their influence. Mm. Um, and, and that was kind of the point of Harrison Ford is that like, you're, you're, you know, he, he, I, I think the whole uh, the part of the movie was just to show what, what could happen in a negative sense if, you know, people are, uh, in a sense, invading a, a different culture simply to have their own culture kind leave of... Leave its mark. Yeah, leave yeah. its mark rather than actually doing the proper thing of trying to help people. Yeah, there's there's a movie, I forget who's in it, I want to say Humphrey Bogart, but it's, you know, an older movie. It's called uh, African Queen. <clears throat> and it's about a, a guy who runs like a steamboat um, r- line through the Congo River. I think it's the Congo River. Uh, and so he takes it, you know, into the heart of Africa and like he's he's delivering things to people along the river and then he delivers it back. And I don't remember a ton of the plot of the movie, but I remember that in the beginning, um, he's delivering some things to this church and um, or this mission. And it's basically like this. It's funny because it's, you know, it'd be set in the. I don't know, I guess maybe 20s uh, time period. And it's this missionary and his wife, and somehow they have gotten like a pedal pipe organ in there, and <laughs> they built this building, and you know the building's very much like a, a mud hut type of thing, but they have a pipe organ in there, and they have these hymnals and Bibles, and they're, you know, the the man is leading the singing, and the woman is playing the organ, <clears throat> and they're trying to lead these natives in, you know, singing a hymn, and the natives are literally like holding a book, not even looking at it, and just going. like they're they're just kind of muttering along and basically it what what comes across is like these people know that if they keep these uh white people happy then that guy will keep coming and keep delivering cigarettes because he shows up (laughs) with cigarettes and they're like you know trying to get their hands on them as as fast as possible and yeah i i think there definitely is there's there's a wrong way to do things like that where it's more about the external markings of of your religion than the internal realities of, um, you know, exposing Christ as being the king that he is. Um, I don't... I definitely see that in cultures and even, in you know, specifically in America. Like, I grew up kind of in this ultra-right-wing fundamentalist uh, type of world, and I, I see those types of markings... Um, but I don't know. I I guess part of me, uh, man, I don't know how I feel about what I'm about to say, but it's like if you have enough horses pulling in the in this wrong direction, and then you ha- like let's even if we have some horses pulling in the opposite but still wrong direction, it kind of you know would even some things out. Um, any yeah, go ahead. Well, I was I was thinking just you know. I don't know if I would say that any one uh, civilization or culture has done missionary work well. It's always been a uh, 
guys, and I think of like uh, the Spanish conquistadors. Guys, G-U-I-S-E? Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, guys of, uh, hey, we are uh, we're bringing Christianity because we're going to civilize you. Yeah. Um, and oh look, a mountain of silver. Exactly. <laughs> like you know, like and really, it's, it's it was the goal was civilization, not salvation. The goal was I want to make you people uh, become comfortable for me. And the way I'm going to do that is introduce you to uh, a religious practice that I adhere to, uh, which will then come about uh, usually certain laws that I'm comfortable in and also adhere to. Um, and, you know, that's the focus and priority. And then also, you know, the Christian Catholic Church does not have great history with that. It was, you know, <laughs> pay tithes because you're now Catholic and you owe God money. Thank you, Pope. Here's money for everything that you need to do um you need any solid gold chairs and yeah. billion dollar paintings for your ceiling you know and then even you know like manifest destiny that like hey we're dead which not so much a religious movement at all really but uh hey we're we're destined for this with this land is supposed to be ours we're called for it we're civil uh we're civilizing these heathen indians um you know i don't, I don't know if i would if I know of any specific example where uh, a nation endorsed uh, expansion uh, has succeeded in uh, spreading religion and not imperialism. Yeah, I think that comes from the nature of what nations are trying to do right. when they expand. Now, then you get guys like, you know, we were talking about, you know, William Carey and Adoniram Judson and even like David Brainerd coming to the Indians. And it's like, I, f I feel like those guys, their hearts were in the right place. And, like, they were they were trying to preach the unadulterated gospel. They weren't trying to preach American superiority. Right. Like they, were, they were legitimately trying to preach Jesus. And, and that's, that was kind of my next point. Is like, I very much believe that missionary work is, is um, to specific individuals are called to... Um, what we think of as missionary work, where it's like, mm -hmm. hey, go into this foreign land mm -hmm. and and plant a church and, and convert and yeah. spread the word, translate a Bible uh, into this language. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't think that uh, kind of having uh, I don't want to say organization like people just pack up a backpack and do this without any thought, but mm -hmm. uh, having kind of all right, so we're gonna you know I I'm the leader of this group already, and I'm gonna task. <clears throat> person a b and c you guys get ready and you're gonna go and you're because i feel like at that point um it it's not a the the purpose is the goal and not the heart yeah um just even what you said about like i don't i don't think any country has done missionary work and like my immediate thought is just well countries don't do yeah mission like kingdom expansion yeah like the kingdom does kingdom expansion and sometimes it uses countries and laws and you know even thing in like trade agreements or whatever uh the worst trade deal in the history of trade deals maybe ever but uh you know like god god uses all those all those means to accomplish his ends um and there definitely are people who are in danger of of overemphasizing the importance of like expansion of westernism and underemphasizing the importance of the expansion of the kingdom yeah, I, and 
you know, I, I think I think going into um, a foreign land, whatever that whatever that is, whether it's you know an, an unreached tribe or whether that's just <clears throat> hey, it's a it's a country that doesn't really have Christianity as a as a religion on the radar. Mm. You know, um, I think the objective uh, should be uh, changing the heart first. Um, you know, so I think like going into, uh, you know, regions that practice sati and being like, okay, so we're going to stop sati because it's just wrong and it's bad and life is valuable and it's important and women are equal. Um, you know, because here's some biblical purposes and references for that. Um, I think you're not going to get as far as coming in and saying, okay, so let me teach you about Jesus. Let me love you well. And then letting that organically grow and come about and people saying hey uh if i you know we believe this so by so the next step is believing that maybe we shouldn't uh be encouraging women to run into funeral pyres mm. you know and, and and moving forward that way changing hearts so that everyone's on the same value um i think is going to be more impactful than teaching people to go through the motions because then you end up with that example that you said where you know, in that movie, they're just sitting there like, well, I know if I do this, I get cigarettes. Yeah. Well, if I know if I do this, uh, you know, in... well, then, oh, no, I know if I do this, I, you know, I, I go, I go to heaven or, uh, Hey, you know, there now it's a battle of cultures mm -hmm. versus a battle of hearts or, or yeah, even a battle of appetites. Um, yeah. but, and we had talked about this inside as well, where it's like, if I see the kid in the middle of the street and a bus is coming, like I will harm that kid with how hard I push him out of the road to save his life. Because, and so it's like, okay, if we, if we at first address the, um, vileness of the practice of, of Sati, we at least wind up saving the lives of those women and, and getting an opportunity to even, voice the gospel to them so i it it becomes a question of like which is to be prioritized as coming first an understanding of the principle or an obedience to it i think i think to make that evaluation you need to uh look at the problem and see how rampant it is all right let's do it so the problem of abortion yeah well, well this is a great you know yeah, but, uh, surrogate for that conversation. So, uh, just to make sure, are you saying, did you give a non-answer basically to that question? Uh, yeah. So, so okay. I, I would I would say specifically, kind of going back to that um, child in the in the street. So, if if it is kids left, right, and center are getting just splattered by cars because nobody driving cars cares, I that is terrible and that is sad. But pushing one kid out of the street. Uh, you know, doesn't when solve. when it's doesn't solve the problem, right. it, it's gonna it's you gonna continue. Signage, you need education. You, you, you know, have to things. you have to address. You get rid of cars. The you, you know, know a, 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 the greater issue. But if it's like if it's a one off, like if it's a it's a if it's you know this isn't a common thing, but it's about to happen and you interfere, then that's different. You know, and that's what I kind of am meaning when what I'm saying like. Is this a cultural, is this ingrained, like, eh, whatever, you know, it's like hitting a bug on a windshield kind of thing? Or is this just a, you know, uh, a heart thing of, hey, you know, this, this is a problem in this one specific instance? 
Um, and, and, you know, then I think, and so I want to kind of address that. Like it, we got to look at the problem mm -hmm. as a big picture and not a, as a case by case. Cause when you're addressing case by case, you're losing the, the war, you know? Or um, I would say you're losing the forest for the trees. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've never been good with that one. Cause I'm like, wait, forests are Isn't important. The trees forest, are important. Trees? Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. Um, <laughs> people might be like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Go right over his head. Impossible. Uh, <laughs> Catch it. <laughs> so, um, but, but, yeah. but I think you need to look at, you know, the issue on the large scale. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, I mean, I think this is just a great road, inroad to, to the conversation. Basically, there's there's two, there's there's a million, but there's two perspectives <laughs> as far as like, Okay, you have you have the the idea of abortion, the problem of abortion, of the volume of lost lives, and then you have the social cultural problems of like what are the things that are perpetuating uh, single motherhood and poverty and absentee fathers and and uh, you know especially like inner city poverty and drugs and all, all those sorts of things, and so it's like okay, uh, if you had to choose between solving only one of those problems or solving only the other of the problems, which would you choose? I know that that's not the world that we live in where we have to choose <laughs> to only solve one or the other, but I think it is a helpful exercise because it's like, which do you Where's actually see? Yeah, which do you actually see as the greater tragedy? And I think that... Um, what are the two categories again? So either you could solve the, the problem of there wouldn't be any more abortions. Okay. Like not just, oh, it's illegal and people would find, you know, stairs and things like that to to procure their their end goal but like solution a there are no abortions don't happen anymore all the other societal problems still exist you know about single motherhood a a culture that glorifies men who just like walk into a woman's life sleep with her use her knock her up leave and then you know take no responsibility for the kid and also a culture that perpetuates the idea that sex is non-committal and it's casual, and it's, you know, it's inconsequential. Um, okay, so if you could solve only that there are abortions, or if you could solve these other things by snapping your fingers right now, which would you wind up fixing? So I have the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, Doing but you only marble. get to use it once for some reason. I would do the, uh, the other one. The second one? Absolutely. Yeah, the second one. Uh, yeah, I actually agree a lot with what Miguel was saying. Um, I think actually everything you said, I agree. <laughs> um, and, and that's the problem that with, uh, what Christians are facing, I mean, not in any country when it comes to the politics is like, I agree, like laws are not going to change anybody because laws didn't change us. So what exactly are we preaching? What exactly are we evangelizing? Is the evangelism better laws or is the evangelism? And I mean, there is the law of Christ, but it's, it's, it's more than just specific do's and do nots you know what i mean it's a whole um change in perception it's a whole change in your person right being born again and so i don't think um trying to go a political route is really i think we're losing more than we're gaining going the political route um and this did come up in this election again as it always does but uh, i think a little bit more so because about you know if we voted for I'm just going to use an example of what like John MacArthur said versus what John Piper said when it came to voting for Trump, right? Because I think a lot of people 
uh, voted for Trump, and I, and I did this the first election, uh, for the fact that, hey, um, this guy is probably, there's a better chance of this guy that... Uh, Draining a swamp. Well, it wasn't just that. I think that's just pure politics. But, like, when it came to abortion, there's a better oh, yeah. chance that this guy yeah. was going to put in place the kind of systematic um, policies. policies that would, would kind of hinder it. Um, and so that, that's been a big issue for Christians. And you end up voting on, you know, the, the candidate that seems most conservative on that issue. Um, so, like, John MacArthur said this past election that uh, a real Christian would vote for um, for Donald Trump, Oof. which is a quite a turnaround from wow. what he said much earlier on, where he was criticizing him for being a public adulterer. And then uh, John Piper kind of, I think, responded, not necessarily directly to him, but this notion yeah. is like, well, yes, there's this whole abortion issue, but there's much more than that going on. And does Trump really line up with other qualities that we value as Christians? Which, you know, that's a good point. Um, and so it's like, yeah, I, I think, you know, do we lose something if, if a bunch of people think that we're just like Trump because we, we voted for him when really our issue was just abortion? But they don't see that. They don't get to have a conversation, mm. right? They just kind of... We, what we do naturally is make things as simple as possible, even though that might hinder us to what is truly going on. You see that with just about everything. So it's like, oh, Christians, right wing Trump. They're just like him. They're hypocrites in that way. Um, and it's uh, it's like, do we lose something doing that just for the sake of trying to stop abortion in a way that I don't even think we are really called to do? I think, like you said, we're we're supposed to speak to people you know, to their hearts and to something more than just a, a single issue. It's it's about what it means to be human, what it, what it means to love, what it means to live. Yeah. And why life is important. And as I say all that, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just criticizing Trump. I just mm -hmm. want to because I, again, it's much more complex than just simply liking or not liking uh, Trump. But I, I'm with you on, on, on this, like, 100% pretty much. I, I think that we've had, it has never worked out. Christian, Christianity and politics, state and church, it has never worked out. It's only, um, if there's been any benefit to civilization, there's also been, I think, um, an opposite detriment to the church. That makes sense. How so? Yeah, I was going to say, can you be specific on that? Okay, so like a lot of people, you know, and I've heard like uh, N.T. Wright talk about how like, how much Christianity has influenced Western civilization, which is, which is true. And has it made it better? Yeah, but I think also Western civilization has made Christianity worse. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and so it's like, um, and we struggle with that, I think, a lot here in this in this country because we have tremendous freedom. And I think, right, I mean, aren't we like the, the trailblazers, I guess, when it comes to the freedom that we have in this country? I don't think anybody I don't. Else... I don't think there's a developed country that has as much uh, religious freedom yeah. as we have anywhere in the world. And I, I think that's actually really interesting the way that you worded it um, about like Western civilization. Because, you know, when you think of Western civilization, take it all the way back. What is it? it, it Greek? It's Greek. Okay. It's Greco-Roman. I was actually like, is that what the... Okay. I, I wasn't so sure what he like, was looking yeah, for. You know, but... the empire, expansionism, imperialism. Okay. You take those ideals, like how did they wind up interacting with Catholicism mm. and morphing <laughs> into Roman Catholicism? 
yeah. and then morphing into, you know, even even several ideas that wound up lasting well into the time period that like people had officially distanced themselves from Roman Catholicism, but they come over to the New World, they're, you know, God fearing Protestants, and then it's like expand, manifest that destiny, mm-hmm. brother, you know, like, and it it really. I, I, I struggle to say, like, Christianity took on those traits, but, like, Christendom took right, on right, those right, traits. Because, right. you know, Christianity is whatever it means to follow Christ. Yeah. Um, but external, you know, manifest Christianity as far as, like, what the world sees it as and what the world experiences it as um, has now... It's, it's not like it ended with, you know, the 1800s and expansion. It's, look at the Middle East. You know, right. it's like, as long as we got that foothold in Israel and, and as long as we're, you know planting flags and spreading democracy with yeah. sarcastic quotation marks around it. Um, you know, that then we're doing our job and I like, it's hard for me to say that we shouldn't be in the middle East. I don't, I don't think that I can say that, but definitely the way that we are doing it is totally misguided or, or just has the wrong ends in mind. It's, it's accomplishing exactly what it wants to do, which is oil security. Um, not just for us, but like we want to control the world's oil. Yeah. Why would you say we should not be, or why would you say we should be in the Middle East? Uh, because I think there is a help that if, if we had our hearts right, there is a help that we could offer to like Syria. We as the United States. If the United States was... I guess my ideal version of the United States. Um, but even, even with it not being that, even with it not being, you know, my ideal version of the United States, I think that there is a, um, a stability that we can bring by showing up in a place like Syria where you have, you know, a nine way civil war and we say, Hey, like we are looking at these guys. Okay. This guy tested, you know, biological weapons on the people in his own villages. We're going to go ahead and rule that guy out. This guy, you know, and and just kind of um, lends stability to situations like that. I was going to say on stability, I don't think there has ever been a stability in that region throughout history that wasn't an external Yeah, externally imposed. There was no regional. And all the, like, we're talking back when, you know, when there was no America, when there were, even when there's no Greece or Rome as far as their influence there. Sorry, so so to be clear, you're, you're speaking from we the united states and it's good for the middle east for us as the united states not for us as christians i'm not saying that what we're doing right now is good it's uh, better but I, I i feel <laughs> but, but, but from but from a from, I'm American, from a political standpoint yeah, not a religious standpoint yeah, yeah, i, I am okay, speaking that, in a that's, political standpoint that's where my confusion um, came it's in. like uh you know where i'm going it's like yugoslavia like yugoslavia right. you needed a marshal tito who kind of had this iron fist and was able to keep those people together. Yeah. Now I would think that the, the, what if Marshall Tito was a great guy yeah. and like he had an <laughs> iron fist, but he's like, okay, Serbs, Croats, like, Hey, let's, let's sit down and let's find out. Okay. What neighborhoods let's draw these borders as squiggly as you need them to be. I don't need big straight lines, but like, let's make these borders as squiggly as you guys need them to be to feel like everybody's getting a fair shake. And then we'll move on to Macedonia and then we'll move on. And, you know, it's never going to happen. Yeah. Like, you know, the Balkans are not, maybe not quite as tumultuous as the Middle East. But imagine if somebody, you know, showed up and was like, okay, Kurds, 
let's see what you think you're entitled to. Um, you know, and even all the way up to like, you know, the, the Caucasus, like Armenians, let's see what you think you're entitled to. And let's start a 40 year conversation at trying to draw these borders. But yeah, and that's the thing. I think people think of the Middle East and they think the whole conflict's just, uh, Jew versus Arab. Oh my gosh. And it's, it's really more Jew versus Muslim in that context. But then it's like, uh, by Arab, are you meaning like Palestinian basically or, or, well, the Arab world, yeah, like Pan Arabism. Because when I think Pan Arabism, I think of Islam. Yeah, you know, yeah, like the Arab speaking world. So what's the distinction between Arab? Arab is is like a cultural, physical ethnicity. Oh, I know, but yeah. I'm saying like what practically winds up being the difference between? Oh, because there's Christian Arabs. And so, oh, and, okay, okay, you know I get it. There's Christian Arabs, or, or there's yeah. Uh, anyways, so, I get it. I thought you were talking about like Arabic influence. Instead of necessarily like Arabian, right, right, no, yeah, um, yeah. So there's a there's religious things, but it's also like more of the ethnic mm-hmm. uh, part of it because you do have Kurds who are who are not Arabs, represented at all, and they're not represented everywhere, at all. anywhere. <laughs> That's yeah. They have problems in Turkey and in Iraq, um, and then the Turks, and then you have uh, you know the, what's going on with the Palestinians which is interesting enough. And then the state of Israel and then like, yeah, because like, why would Egypt, I mean, I guess I get Egypt, but like, why would like people in North Africa care what's going on in Israel and Palestine? Because they're Muslim. Yeah. And they have a tie to, um, what is it? Dome of the rock and all that stuff. Yeah. There's, there's some, you know what I mean? So it's like, okay, but, um, same reason Americans care about what's happening in Israel. Right. Is because they see this kinship between Judaism and and, uh, Christianity. and Christianity. And they, they go to the book of Genesis and they're like, well, there it is. He who blesses Abraham's yeah. descendants, I'll bless him. He who curses him, I'll curse him. Yeah. Cut and dry. Like, let's, yeah, yeah. let's, let's get let's in be, there. Yeah. Let's invade. <laughs> yeah. And then um, one of the really big conflicts that is just simmering uh, is the Shia Muslim versus the Sunni Muslim, Mm -hmm. um, which is, you can, I guess, boil it down to Saudi Arabia and Iran because Mm -hmm. they're the ones pulling the strings. Well, you don't have a, like a one dimensional conflict going on in that area. You don't. And if we pull out, which, you know, like, again, I'm not trying to get too tied into politics, but I just know that if we pull out, it's just common sense. What's going to happen is there's going to be an arms race. Iran, Saudi Arabia, probably then Turkey, um, will all start getting nuclear, 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 nuclear <laughs> uh, weapons, and they're the kind of people that will use them. <laughs> like they don't care. Yeah. They they don't care about dying. Uh, they you know killing yeah. us. The, so it's like, uh, and that will bring the rest of the world undoubtedly in. in. Yeah. Um, and it's not too far from. Iran and the Middle East. You also have India and Pakistan. Yeah. So there is a very, very, oh, sorry, very, very sensitive situation going on in the Middle East. And what, like, uh, recently happened with uh, ISIS, what's going on in Syria, is is just starting to show us just how complicated it is. What's the most recent thing about ISIS? I haven't. 
or anything? No, just what had happened with oh, them. Oh, okay. Just, they're still around, apparently. Yeah. But they're not, like, they don't have their own caliphate, which is yeah. better. Uh, but, like, uh, yeah, why is it, like, nine ways? <laughs> it's it's right. But uh, why is it, like, this, yeah, nine ways uh, civil war going on in Syria? And it's just, like, and what's better, just to have Assad, the strong man, left mm -hmm. in power or split up Syria? And, and anyways, these countries were divided up by Western powers that, that really, I don't think, well, I don't know Understood if they could have done, yeah. yeah, but I don't know if they could have done anything better. So that's why there wasn't like all these internal conflicts going on prior to World War One was because the Ottoman Empire were yeah. there before that. Externally imposing yeah. order. Exactly. Yeah. So, and that, that's kind of the common thread through everything that we've talked about so far is like, you know, whether it's sati or whether it's abortion or whether it's the, the situation in the Middle East, like the common thread is when is it acceptable to zoom in, externally impose a rule that will cause damage, but it will also stem a tide of, of blood flow and uh and death and genocide and like when i when i had worded that question you know maybe 10 15 minutes ago now about you know if you could snap your fingers and solve problem a or problem b i tried to word it in the most generous way that i could as far as like where i would actually have a have a problem deciding which one to solve which which problem to solve right. and i'm like it, i think if you think about it Okay, so Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Uh, that like, took a turn <laughs> that I was not expecting. So Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, like the first one with going. the Green Goblin, yeah. right? Uh, and he's got like the the trolley full of children or oh, whatever, yeah. and he's got uh, Ooh, Mary, Mary Jane. Jane, right? And it's like, if you save Mary Jane, all of these kids' parents, like you're going to have such a debt of guilt to them for, for not saving them when you could have. And, you know, the Green Goblin's the bad guy, and he did it anyway. But it's like, you know, he zooms away on his glider, whatever thing it's called. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I'm trying to think of this as actually 62 million dead people is roughly the number. Um, legal legal abortions in the United, just in the United States since Roe versus Wade. And it's like, if, if I was to say um, I would let that tide of blood flow continue and, you know, try to, and, and snapping my fingers, solve the problem of like, well, rap music encourages people to just like sleep with a bunch of women right now and, and knock them up. And then the women feel a debt of guilt because of, you know, maybe, you know, Western interpretations of Christianity. So they don't want to abort the baby. And, you know, that now they wind up getting saddled with this kid and the kid winds up growing up in poverty. And then some drug Lord, you know, knows to put a dealer in that neighborhood because he knows that that kid has no father and is disenfranchised. And it's like, I, th I think I'd probably save the 62 million babies. Like, even though those problems are massive and far reaching and, and wind up getting their tendrils into other areas of society. And I'm, I'm not talking about legislating. Remember, this isn't like a, you legislate one solution or the other, because I agree, you can't legislate morality. Um, but I'm talking about you snap your fingers and the abortions don't happen anymore. Right. Or you snap your fingers and, and the other problems uh, don't happen anymore. Now, I think if you really could snap your fingers and the B set of problems uh, stopped happening, the number of abortions would go way, way down, oh, yeah. which is great. Um, 
I would also have it within my power to save however many millions of lives would not be stopped by that, um, by those improvements, yeah. you know, because there's enough other problems with just our culture's ideas about sex and responsibility that kind of lead to those things perpetuating themselves anyway. So just out of curiosity, I mean, we, we you stand on, you would take option A, stop abortions. I think I would, but like I said, I tried to word it in the way that would make it hardest for me to pick an answer. Yeah. Not just, like, I, I'm i not trying to be dismissive with the set of problems. No, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Do, Peter, Sam, do y'all want to weigh in on y'all's opinion on that? I, that is, I don't know, that is really tough. I, I leaned towards option B. Okay. Um. I don't know, That that's just such a... I mean, it's a it's a lose lose situation kind of thing, you know. So it's yeah, yeah. I I don't think there's a a right or wrong answer to choose out of the two because, I mean, both stopping one of them is is definitely a positive thing. Um, so I I don't think there's a wrong answer with that really. But I, I think I would lean lean towards helping, people that, are dealing with issues, now, you know, but oh, that's such a weird thing. Have Have you guys ever heard? I don't, I don't remember where this came from, but someone, obviously very oversimplifying it, s said something about the two major political parties where it's like one cares about um, people... Up with, until they're born. Right, yeah. right. And then the others care about them afterwards. Yeah. Um, and, and so I, I just... I've seen a lot of those memes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, which is obviously very much oversimplifying. Or vitriolic but, tweets. It, but, you know, this was something I was thinking about during this conversation was that a lot of the issues with children who are not aborted but are then put into um you know they they, they don't have a family and so now now they're in this home waiting to hopefully be adopted or something mm -hmm. like that uh i think i mean there's there's definitely enough people to be able to solve that problem very quickly mm -hmm. um and i do know that I, as far as i understand it most of the people that are adopting children are Christians. Um, Christians adopt at a far higher rate than yeah. Christians. Yeah. Um, but even so, I don't think nearly enough people adopt, you know, Christian or not. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I'm actually becoming more passionate about as I get older is, you know, whether or not I have my own kids, if I were to get married, I would mm -hmm. love to at least adopt one kid, if not more, mm -hmm. just because there's so many that need love that are alive now you know i don't necessarily need to add more children to the world not that i would stop myself from having mm -hmm. my own kids but but just yeah the yeah. the way the thing that kind of pops out to me and this is short and then thought you had something um is just to say like oh this this kid will be you know in the foster care system and and he won't really be um you know loved well and and he probably will get into drugs and he well maybe not probably but it's very likely that he could get into drugs and that he could, uh, you know, do these other things. I, I have a hard time saying, yeah, and so it really would be better for society if he had just been killed. No, yeah. I'm not saying that. Right. Yeah, and I, I don't think anybody is. Well, somebody terrible probably is. But, and I'm not saying it's um, ideal, but it's better, like, of the, of the options. The better option is to just go ahead and have him be killed. Oh, uh, no, I don't agree with that at all i, I just mm. i think the, the 
Also, mm-hmm. the problem is like, you know, we go from abortion to adoption when it's like, well, what we really want is the person to keep the child. And to right. Be a Ultimately, that, yeah. yeah. And I it's think like that's what we need Vody to Bakum, man. Vody Bakum has two biological children and then um, something happened with his wife, wife's health and, you know, they weren't able to have any more kids. And then there's an there's an adoption agency or like a, a crisis pregnancy center or whatever in his hometown in Dallas that he's he made a deal with them. He's like every year, once a year, if you find a young black woman who says, I can't afford to have this baby, I need to have an abortion once a year, I will adopt. A, I will adopt that lady's baby like a different woman every year. And so he's adopted nine, I think. So he has 11 kids right now. And for nine years, every year, he's he's signed the paperwork, he's taken on the expense, like, he's adopted another kid. And, man, like, if I could afford to do that, how amazing yeah. would that be? And, you know, Nicole and I have talked about adoption even with our finances being what they are right now. But I'm like, man, if I win the, if I won the lottery, I would buy a giant house and I'd adopt, like, 50 kids, yeah. you know, and pay help to, you know. Which, at the end, would, do would become kind of like an orphanage. Exactly. <laughs> that that really is what you're doing, but it's not an orphanage because you're not trying to place them. You're like, yeah. this is your family. Yeah, yeah. This is your home. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I think that's it, good. I think that more an the, umbrella academy. An umbrella academy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Netflix show. And I'd be um, experimenting on them. <laughs> but yeah, but I think like um the guy like I shortened your calf muscles. <laughs> well, in the development. Yeah. Uh, was the doctor the surgeon. Like, yeah, he he swapped fingers when two of them oh, got yeah, cut yeah, off. Yeah. He swapped, or like he he shortened the leg muscles so he could run and jump more, yeah, it, like run, run faster, faster jump and jump higher. higher. <laughs> Would that work? <laughs> I don't think it's so. Probably not. Yeah, that's <laughs> going no on that. If, but again, if I won the lottery, we'd know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think um, you know adoption because people talk about like where are the people you know adopting? It's like wait a minute though, like why is it that in this culture? So many people don't want to be parents. Mm. Right. You know, like, and I get yeah. it. I, I work at a grocery store. I get really, like, I have a short fuse. So many towards... parents suck. Yeah, and they do. Kids. Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. It's like, you know, don't be afraid to be a little assertive. Wait, wait, wait. If you spare the rod, what? Spoil a child. No. What is it? If you spare the rod, then you'll only need one rod. No. Uh, so most people, you've never heard the phrase, spare the rod, spoil the child? That's yeah. what I said. Yeah. But, the, but the Bible says, if you oh. spare the rod, you hate your child. You hate your child. And I always tell my students, my parents loved me <laughs> to within an inch of my life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess they're, yeah. yeah. Like you could, and, um, you know, as, as bad as maybe some of those spankings were, I don't really like, regret much of it. Oh, know? I deserved oh, it yeah. when I got it. Yeah. yeah. Like you grow up and you're like, Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, mom and yeah, dad. Yeah, like your you perspective know? changes. Especially like... when you see other yeah. young kids. And not even like, oh, us as adults. But when you're a 12-year-old and you see a 7-year-old oh. just... Or I, probably when you're a 7-year-old and you see a 4-year-old who's yeah. who's yeah. unconsolable because they didn't get the brand of sugary cereal that they wanted, uh, you're like, mom, thanks. Yeah. Like, thank you for... You know, helping me to not be that anymore right, because right, I right. know, you know, it's like it's it's knit into the heart of a child. So, I think I think just kind of going back to a little bit about politics and and the abortion issue. I think you know uh, this. I felt like this election cycle we saw a lot of people um, kind of coming forward and be like, I don't like Trump, but he addresses 
the abortion issue in the way that I like, and I'm going to be a single-issue voter. Right. Um, and that's where, like, I was really galvanized and, hey, it's more than just a single issue. Like, like obviously, everything has ramifications and, you know, butterfly effect and all that, but I was like, you know, we can't, we can't just outlaw abortions. Like, the practice of killing babies is terrible. Like, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to lessen that blow. It's like, but outlawing something doesn't automatically make it go away. There'd be backdoor um, dealings with abortion yeah. still yeah, happening. And, I, and, and I as agree Travis with... referenced, like, finding, a, finding a, what would, would you say, a, a staircase? staircase? Yeah. You know, like, and I think that's part of the purpose of outlawing something is to, you know, control the amount that it happens. Um, right, right. Murder happens, and I've never heard anyone make the argument, well, people still find a way. Like, if, if it's a crime of passion, they're going to find a way to do it. So why are we trying to legislate the morality? Right. It's like, well, I, for a couple reasons. One, because it probably really does stem the tide. Yeah. Um uh, what Louis C.K.'s got the thing about how many of you would have killed someone if it was legal? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It's like the killing, murder being illegal is the only thing that keeps all of us here yeah. from being murderers. Um, so there's that. Well, hang on, I had a second thing. Uh, and also, as a society, you are sending the message murder is not a good thing. We don't approve of it. And here's, you know, you need to know that if you murder, this is what's going to be ahead of you. This is the road that's ahead of you. And so there's a cost to it. And that's not to say that people wouldn't find, you know, illegal doctors and deals and, and you know, back alley abortions or just herbs, you know, abortificants that they can take. Um, but it's like you send a message as a society saying, like, this is something that is, like, we can't um, abide. Well, would you say... Kind of on the flip side of that, would you say differently uh, about legalizing drugs? Um, like Oregon's decision? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, I I would. There's there's also a conversation, and this is why I really respect, Miguel, what you had said um, at the beginning of, you really do have to take these issues one at a time and weigh them out. It's not like there's a blanket philosophy that, that addresses all of them. I feel largely the same about the the drugs the idea is like there are things that you take them and you get addicted and your life is now heading in an in a totally different and undesirable direction now i do think that there is credence to be lent to the view that we need to treat this as a mental health problem and not strictly a a criminality problem a legal problem um but we send messages about what we are willing to Brook, what we're willing to put up with, um, with what we legalize. So you would say keep it illegal, or you sorry? Like what, what was meth, your final stance? stance meth, on that? mescaline, like mescaline. Oh man, I um, have no. Yeah, uh, that's a new one to me. I, I think it, like but... heroin, black tar heroin. Uh, yeah, I think that you do have to deal with these things individually. I think that there's a different argument to be had about marijuana, maybe even about psychedelics, you know, anything that's naturally occurring versus something that has to be manufactured out of, like, battery acid and cough syrup. Yeah. Um, so, and, and, you know, also it's, we don't, 
we don't outlaw sugar, but we know it's really bad for us. Um, and maybe that's okay. Like, we don't outlaw cigarettes, even though we know that everyone's medical expenses are higher because cigarettes are legal. Everyone's. Even if you don't smoke, your medical expenses are higher because smoking is legal and popular. Um, cigarettes. Yeah. And I, and I don't think that they necessarily should be illegal because I don't think it should be within the power of the government to say, here's a thing that over the course of 60 years, there's a pretty good chance this thing will wind up killing you, but you have the freedom to do it versus like PCP and like the horse tranquilizers that people take. And then they, you know, they're running out of a Best Buy naked and like have it with a TV under each arm. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, or uh, bath salts. <laughs> you remember bath salts? Yeah, yeah and eating people's faces. Yeah. Was that ever actually bath salts? Or was that the something I have no idea. I just... Because I've I heard just different saved. things on that. I heard, it's, I heard it was bath salts, but it's not like what you would buy at Bed Bath. Yeah, you know? bath salts is like a street name of a yeah. thing. It's not yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, no, but but I heard it was even something like different than that. But I don't no, know. I, I, I don't know. even know what bath salts are. Yeah. If I you told either. me it was a type of heroin, I believe you. If yeah. you told me it was a type of, you know, meth, I would believe you. Yeah, so. I, 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 in terms of legislating and, and, and all this stuff, I think I think we need to look at it in terms of drugs, um, yeah, I think there is an addictive quality to them. Uh, so, so to criminalize them um, is probably not the best approach. Um, I think to criminalize their sale, possession, use. To criminalize their sale, I'm okay with. To criminalize, okay. just their... like you can't sell alcohol without a liquor license. Like you have to be a licensed producer and distributor. Right, but like I don't, I don't, I would not be okay with anybody being a licensed producer and distributor like meth. meth. Yeah, <laughs> um, but but what I mean by that is like if you're selling it, you're a criminal. Hmm. If you're in possession of it or you're uh, a user of it, uh, you're not a criminal. You're an addict. Hmm. Uh, well, I guess if you're in possession, you you could be a distributor, but. Uh, it depends. It depends. On the yeah, it depends on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I can't. Think... Sm- you can't sell a little. Yeah. You can only <laughs> sell it if you have yeah. a lot. It should just be in the act of selling. If they have that, yeah. then they arrest you for being. Yeah. Um, just ask me if I'm a cop. <laughs> if I'm a cop, I have to tell you. But, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, if if you're a user, you're an addict, and and no amount of jail time is going to change you. Again, it, it goes back to a heart issue. Like, mm-hmm. I can throw you in jail. I can I can give you the worst uh, way of getting sober possible, um, which oftentimes in the in the um, in, in in jails it's you know uh, cold turkey detox cold turkey detox and there's one other one where they dope you up on some other drug so that you can get over it, <laughs> the drug that you're addicted to. You think LSD's then... addictive experience? Wait till you try. Well, well, and it, it, when I say a drug, I'm not actually. Talking... I don't think LSD's addictive, is it? Never took it. <laughs> it's probably psychologically addictive. But. All I know is people who have taken it. Um, I've heard from two people who have taken it. That was like, yeah, I did it once. Don't I'm fine never doing it again. Yep. So I'm like, I don't know who. Did they regret taking it, or is it just like? I think they. I don't didn't, desire. They didn't it, yeah. like the experience they yeah. got from it. Okay. Um, from both experiences that I've heard, it's like. Yeah, I don't know why you'd bring, introduce that to your reality. Because yeah. <laughs> that really just messes things up. Hmm. What, so, one person... 
I could tell you, or I would tell you one, but who knows? Maybe they don't want me to say. So I'm not going to say who. It don't, is. don't. Uh, but one of them. This is a person I know. No. Interesting. Um, I feel like we're playing Guess Who now. Yeah, right. Do they have glasses? <laughs> Are they in this room? Um, anyways, uh, one of them told me that uh, their, I think it was like their roommates or their friends' cats started talking to them. <laughs> they did not like that. Mm. <laughs> I think another person said something about like their friend's nose grew and started bending around the room and going, like he no. saw it. Go And it just, it'll, uh, yeah, I mean, if you start thinking about it, it's like, yeah. You guys seen Ren and Snippy? Yeah. If there's ever a drug out there that makes the world turn into Ren Snippy, no. that drug needs to be Speed illegal. Racer. Oh, Speed Racer? I saw a lot there of Speed Racer. There is a drug that makes the world look like Speed Racer. Speed yeah. Racer is a <laughs> the movie cartoon. Not the, uh, not the cartoon. Excellent movie. Hold up. Yeah. That movie I, is great. It's a great movie. I'm okay. just saying there is uh, a drug that makes the, the world cartoon? look like that. Yeah, it's terrible. You should watch the well, movie. The live action movie. Wait, you've never I, seen I, it? I used no. to have John it. Goodman as Pops Racer. Need I say more? <laughs> Emil yes, Hirsch as Speed. Um, <laughs> yeah, the guy from Dawson's Creek. Matthew Fox is uh, Racer oh. X or whatever. Oh, man. Um, Matthew who? But Matthew Fox. The Parkinson's uh, guy. Um, no. Lost. I know. Jack from Lost. Um, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, back, back. Let's go back. Right. So, so, you know, with... I think I think we need to address addiction differently, and so um, maybe not legalizing it, but leaving it illegal and saying, okay, well, uh, if you're caught, um, you're not going to jail; you're going to rehab, and and that's and that's what if just they say no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just send them. Okay, you go to send, rehab. Send them to the documentary. We, we talked about this last time, right? Well. About rehab and like the rehabilitation. Uh, end game of prisons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We, we touched on it. Yeah. We did not stay. They were like, okay, death penalty. Um, but then, you know, like in terms of like abortion, you know, I I think I think if we went about making it illegal first, uh, we would be doing. Uh, I don't know if I would say more harm than good, but we would not be. Um, eliminating the problem um i think we would be i think we'd be making a blanket statement you're saying like the b set of problems uh you're we talking about before no i like I, I would i would even say the a set of problems I, I you know and you kind of said like oh no matter what people are going to do back back uh back alley abortions and and all this stuff but i think i think if you were to pass legislation that said no abortions i think i think you the the b realm of problems still exist now you still have people that are um giving birth and i mean yeah it's it's a live baby versus a, a never alive baby well i shouldn't say never alive but uh, an, an unborn baby um but then there's a whole uh ripple effect of, of, of issues and problems um which could uh and i would say would still lead to dead babies um you know forcing someone to have a kid is not going to force them to care for the kid forcing someone to have a kid uh is not going to uh make them someone who is capable of sustaining life um and so if we i think if we take care of the b list of problems if and and with the goal of eventually getting 
the A-list accomplished, uh, you'd have greater success. So then, Miguel, would you say that it is a that it should be the goal then if you snap your fingers and solve a or solve the b set of problems solve you know for problem b that it should be the goal to eradicate a completely to to eradicate abortion completely are we talking now when we say that are we you know are we doing the caveat of like well, except when we're in the Health mother's the mother, mother, yeah. yeah. Um, sure. I think that's, I think that's fine. You know, we can address those, uh, issues later, but what I hate is when people write arguments for health of the mother, you know, things like that, and then try to say that the arguments that brought them there, therefore argue for a universal uh, freedom of abortion. Yeah, I, how yeah. minuscule the numbers are of the people oh, that so yeah, like, like like rape, like rape, Le- yeah, less yeah. than two percent. Yeah, um, um, and maybe by now less than one percent. I know that we were trending toward that. Um, yeah, I would I would say, you know, the the goal is for no um, needless. I guess would be the word no needless abortions. And you would say um, needed is. Health, health of, of the mother, mother. Um, health of a of a twin sibling that's in the womb. Okay. Uh, situations where life is at stake. Yeah. Where you're um, not you're not taking a life, you're saving a life. Right. Like uh, there's there's a, a doctor that I heard talk about. Is it called an ectopic pregnancy? Yes. Where the baby's like forming outside of the placenta. Yeah. Oh, or no. uh, outside of uh, the ectopic is the in, in the fallopian. In, or in, yeah. Typically in the fallopian too. Yeah. So they're not forming in the uterus. In the womb, and yeah, they're, they're forming in the fallopian tube, which is yeah. a catastrophe. Yeah, and so it's like you have, you're you're performing a procedure. The baby's always gonna die. Right. And it's like if I if I perform this procedure, I am saving the mother's life. Right. But no one is dying that would not already be dying. Right. Um. So there, there's a net positive of life. Yeah. Ultimately. Yeah. <laughs> you're not taking a life. You're saving a life. So you would say yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I. You know. And. I think. I think by addressing, education, by addressing, um, healthcare, by addressing, um, uh, living conditions, mm-hmm. um, you're you're reducing, um, the factors that go into, hey, I'm a single mom, or hey, I can't afford a kid, or, <clears throat> um, you know. I'm just not in that point in my life because I can't take uh, three months off, not even eight weeks off mm. for of my career, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I, I would just say, like, you really are never going to totally get rid of those problems. So if me snapping my fingers would even save the kids that would be killed in those situations, then I, I, I think I would snap my fingers for option A. Yeah, I... I no no solution is is perfect for mm-hmm. sure um i i do believe um that by addressing like i said healthcare and 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 uh quality of life by improving uh wages and things like that what you're ultimately addressing is you're you're reducing the number of abortions but you're also improving the quality of life for 
others as well versus snapping your finger on option a you're really only addressing the abortion issue you're not yeah. addressing the poverty issue you're not addressing um uh uh education um casual sex. kind of yeah. casual sex man well like, uh, i'm not I, even I i'm not the... even just arguing ca casual sex mm -hmm. i'm just uh you know Society. education that, that yeah. lets you progress to more than a high school diploma or more than yeah. a bachelor's degree that you can but, you know you can go as far as you want in your education you're not limited by um where you grew up yeah is, is the quality of education you get or you're not limited by how much money you have to mm -hmm. how much education you can get mm -hmm. um i think these issues affect society as a, as a whole so yeah I, I i would i would really strongly argue and push for addressing those things mm -hmm. knowing that an abortion uh that the abortion numbers would go down but never to zero yeah i mean we wound up um at the youth group, you know, that I lead this past Wednesday, we were talking about sex and sexual immorality. And I just think of, man, think of all of the hot button issues and they're all sex related. And sex is the thing that we're not willing to open our mouths about with the youth, you know, specifically. And I know I'm just thinking of me growing up, like I didn't learn about sex and sexuality from my pastor or my even like my christian parents or whatever like i i heard some things and some general principles but man was it vague and i didn't learn a lot about like you know healthy romantic relationships and things like that until i was in my 20s and it's like because we don't talk about the, these sorts of things kids are just kind of left guessing and then they turn into adults who are left guessing and it has real world implications as far as like sex is it's supposed to be, uh, it's not supposed to be something that you casually engage in with whoever you feel like just for the sake of, you know, releasing good feeling hormones. Um, and we've divorced ourselves from that. Uh, I think that to address both the A and B problems that we've been talking <laughs> about, it goes back to what Eric said a little while ago about um dealing with the mothers themselves that were that are considering abortions in the first place and um I, you know i don't know what the ultimate solution to that would be but there, there needs to be uh reform in the way that we deal with that as far as uh better educating people at a younger at a younger age before they even would get to that situation um but even in that situation as opposed to being a person, I'm not saying this is just wrong in and of itself. I've actually been a part of, of this once before, but like, you know, one of those groups that would stand outside of an abortion clinic in protest. Mm. Um, but uh, there were people that I was there <clears throat> with that would also specifically try to speak to the mothers and stop them from, from actually having the abortion. Mm. Um, there's actually a woman who was working with the group I was with who had had an abortion, um, but was, uh, she was, someone tried to stop her who was part of this group before she did it. And they mm -hmm. told her, if you do this is it's going to irreparably change you mentally for the rest of your life. And, mm -hmm. uh, after she did it, it messed her up real bad. And mm -hmm. so she joined their group to try to stop other women from doing it too. Um, so yeah, I think better educating, women who are even possibly considering that 
but also, of course, uh, when they're even younger, maybe teens before they even get the chance to do that, or even younger than that. Um, but yeah, just just dealing with the families or single mothers that are dealing with the the possibility of abortion in their mind is, I think, something that needs yeah. to be addressed more. And I, I think if you do something like that, like a protest, it's really important that you have people there who will say, like, I will take your baby. Like, yes. I will, I will raise and feed and care for, like, I will, if you, if, rather than killing this baby, like, let me, uh, you know, care for it. Right. Well, and I, and see, the thing is, now, at this point in my life, I don't think I would do that again. I had only done it the one time. But I don't remember anyone saying anything like that. It was simply trying yeah. to stop women from doing it just to keep it. Yeah. But some women are just not going to keep it no and matter what. just having signs like, you know, let us help you. Let us let us help your baby. You right. Know? It was just the only signs I remember being around being held up. Um, and also, oh, man, they had this bus or something that came up and it, it had a picture of an aborted baby on it. Mm. Uh, just to deter them, but it was it was horrifying for me to see. Um, so instead of going that route entirely, where it's like these babies are alive, this is life that you're taking away, which is obviously the case and obviously why I want it to stop. I I do think that there needs to be more of hey, if your decision, no matter what, even after we explain to you that this is a living child, um, if you still would want to go through with this. Don't do it, and and we'll we'll mm-hmm. make sure your baby's taken care of, kind of thing. I do think that would be a much better option, but that goes back to what I said before. Of, um, you know, even though Christians are the majority of people that are you know fostering or adopting children, I I think there needs to be uh, more, I think education in that regard as well. Of like, hey, there's all these kids. Yes, uh, you know, uh, foreign kids are being adopted a lot, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But um, there's also plenty of kids here in the states mm-hmm. that need love too, mm-hmm. and uh, need to be fostered or adopted. You know, and and so I, I think there needs to be a lot more of a push with people with that, because you know it's the same thing with like uh, children who are, um, uh, you know, sex slaves in mm-hmm. other countries or even in in our own country. Yeah, um, it's just. Uh, like I was, I was part of a human group. trafficking. Yeah, yeah, just human trafficking in general. Uh, um, I was part of a group in college that dealt with that specifically to raise awareness of that and, and, and you know be praying for that and try to deal with it. But once you're you know talking from experience with myself, it it's like, like something house. Rafa House Rafa was the house, one that we right. were dealing yeah. with, but there's others too. But the thing is, as soon as you're severed from that, um, you know. Uh, constant uh, barrage of of it being spoken about um it you know the the seriousness of it really does diminish mm-hmm. in your life because it's no longer like a priority yeah it's not on the forefront it's not like a priority in your mind anymore and so i think that just there needs to be more push for for kids who don't have homes or 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 have been sold into some kind of slavery or anything like that there's just not enough of that going around. Yeah, I, I think definitely churches should be more vocal about sex trafficking, about, you know, even abortion adoption type of issues. Like, I I wish, I know there's things, like even at, at my church where it's like, oh, you know, the, I don't know what, March is abortion 
awareness, awareness month. month. Maybe, yeah. maybe it is. Maybe it's a different month. I don't know what, but I feel like there is one, and it'll get like a mention. Mm-hmm. But like, if this is the greatest humanitarian crisis in the United States at this time, I mean, I I feel like I'm living in the 1840s and just no one's talking about slavery. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Well, I think. I think it's also a very easy thing to for people to grasp onto, um, but I, I think people are inconsistent across the board too, um, you know. And, and and I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit here. It's, you know, uh, life begins at. Oh, life asking life begins at conception, but I mean, okay. a tree is so, alive. So, you know, like, no, that, no, that's I, not the... And, and, and so I would agree, life begins at conception, and, and and I would define conception as when the sperm meets the egg. Okay. Yeah. Fair, fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, yeah. I, but I'm not going to comment right now. I just want to see where this is going. Yeah. I, well, I would, I would go with, like, fertility clinics. You know, like, we get up in arms about... Uh, about abortion, but I see the same issues uh, that abortion faces uh, occur in fertility clinics. Uh, when you do something like IVF, um, you know you're you're harvesting a lot of eggs, mm-hmm. you're fertilizing a lot of eggs, and then you're um, implanting one, two, three at a time, mm-hmm. seeing what takes, and then okay, great, something took, we still have an excess of four, five, yeah. six, uh, what, what do you want to do with them? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and there's the option of freezing them, and there's the option of donating them, yeah. but there's also, you know, disposing of them, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, arguably would be the same as mm. an abortion, you know? You're, yeah. you're taking, a, you're taking uh, something that's alive, because we just agreed life begins at conception. I didn't um, agree necessarily. Well, okay. I, I think it's but, important, like... Okay, life begins at conception. Cool, but like even the sperm was alive and the egg was alive and like a dog is alive, but to kill a dog is not murder. So at what point is the terminating of this process murder? And sure. I've I've heard people say that they they think and I've heard decent scientific arguments that they think that really the only consistent line that you can draw um like biologically and logically is conception. I don't I don't know if I'm there um, like, you know what a blastocyst is, yeah. right? And so you have a blastocyst is, uh, is a fertilized egg and it's like a couple stages along, but at that point it can, it's still the type of thing that it could split and become two, uh, identical <clears throat> twins. Okay. So when it was the blastocyst, were there two souls in it or what, like, does each identical twin only have half a soul or like, <laughs> you know, I think that when you try to split hairs like that. I think this might be kind of what you were getting at. Split it's like when when you try it, yeah, when you try to split your blastocyst like that. Uh, oh yeah, and then they can they can uh, merge back together. Yep. Like yeah, there are, there are cases. Yeah, you have a chimera where they have the like a, just a really straight, almost like a seam somewhere in their body, and this will be like blonde hair, and this will be brown hair. Huh. And even like a, a different skin tone, or like there will be like a seam. And this part of their body tans really, really easily, and then this part of their body tans less easily. I've never heard of that. And That's it, crazy. that used to be two. If you want, I mean, to, are we gonna say souls? So do, do chimeras have two souls? If, if you want like, to get real trippy, it's possible for uh, your gametes. In other words, like your sperm mm-hmm. could be the 
other. Uh, I think I've heard that before. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what? The, there's there's a form of chimerism where, like, your DNA is yours, uh -huh. but your reproductive DNA is the second. Uh, which I mean, it's it's this it's similar, but not yeah. identical. Half um, the chromosomes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's one and a half of you. Is that what you saying? This would be this this form of chimerism is essentially like when you <laughs> yeah I spilled water all over myself. <laughs> like, what the? Uh, this form of chimerism is from like uh, absorbing your twin essentially, but it okay. but your uh, your your gametes your your uh, sperm would be the DNA of your twin and not of your own. Oh 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 goodness oh my gosh yeah it's crazy Whoa. and trippy yeah it's um, weird. She's yeah. having your twins' children. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. No. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. Sorry. But so, but I mean, to to address that issue, you know, like for me, I mean, this isn't just in a uh, life begins at conception argument, but like I believe once life is able to proceed forward um, and on its own, um, and and. Yeah, through, this, through its this, own mechanisms. This is why some people start saying like the only consistent line to draw is conception. Which again, I'm I don't know that I'm hundred percent there. Yeah, but you know, if that, I'm I'm open to a better definition of it, but I think I don't know. I think so many it. people would be uh, would then yeah, start arguing like, looking, oh well, a yeah. baby can't live outside the womb. Exactly. So yeah. then you know you're Since real. It's not, it's not viable. It's exactly. not viable. So. so 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 I think for consistency's sake, it would be when life can proceed yeah. forward. So when life can move forward in stages, a sperm is going to be a sperm, is going to be a sperm, is going to be a sperm, an egg, same. So you're, you, know? you would say so that once it's fertilized... I would like... say once it's fertilized, the mechanisms yeah. are moving forward. It's going into the next stages yeah, to then be a zygote, to then be an embryo, to then be a, a fetus. That's a good point. So I would say like that is kind of where I'm at. So if, if that's the case, if I take issue with abortion being an ending of life, then I would also need to take issue with which I do. I, I take I take issue with abortion being an ending of life, but I think then we also need to look at and be consistent. And say, hey, like there's abortion isn't just the only. Uh, I think you called it the greatest genocide of you know. You said it was a genocide. The greatest of, humanitarian crisis in the United States right now. Um, I would I would say like we can't just divorce that from the destruction of fertilized eggs. Or or blastocysts or whatever they're called technically in IVF clinics. And Eric's been trying to say something here. Well, I think the whole problem is that abortion exists, and this is why we're trying to define life. <laughs> no, because if only I could snap my fingers, yeah. if I could choose an option. But that's what I'm saying. That causes us to ask the question: When does life begin? Right. Yeah. And and the thing is that. I think any it line problematic when you're trying to where's the line on exactly. life so I know where to dance right, and where right, not right. to dance. Right, right. If if uh, so, like it's not that I don't, I don't uh, see the the reason behind saying conception, but it's just that, um, right. Like if look, sometimes you have a wet dream or something like that, and mm. you uh, have a uh, what emission. Emission. Thank you. And um, it's like, well, that that was living things that came out of you and they're dead you don't obviously wouldn't consider that um murder or anything like that so it's kind of well, like miguel would say that because they never met an egg and fertilized right. it yeah that, I, that I, it's not but it's I, like, I would say the same because thing even as, like, when you skin. have 
You know, you're, <laughs> yeah. You know? Like even when you have sex, like and you impregnate your wife, a ton of semen just yeah, yeah. you know, or or sperm cells or just you know what sacrifice themselves or you know they yeah, lost to the cause and they lost the cause <laughs> but so what i'm saying is that succumb to a woman's ways i no, think it's sorry. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> sorry, sorry. Yeah, oh, oh, sorry okay succumb to a woman's toxic environment uh is uh, was that uh, no okay. anyway <laughs> so what i was saying is that um like you know and maybe i'm a little ignorant on the process but well, uh, when a boy know, really likes a girl no i know that okay. But once the, the sperm and the egg um, get together, the, the, is that once a human cells start being... Yeah, so... It so, starts on a cellular level? Yeah, yeah, once once the egg is fertilized, the DNA of this being is no... It's not the DNA of the mother, and it's right. not the DNA of the father. It's a unique genetic it's code. Right, yeah. but yeah. is it more than a genetic code? Is what that's, I'm trying to get. that's the question. I yeah. I don't take a side. Yeah. I'm in general against IVF and against, um, you know, even like the morning after pills. Uh, I think that there's a little bit less, um, like you can almost Stigma. plead ignorance in in those sort or or many uh, yeah, people. I don't, could, I don't know if I'm pregnant, yeah, but just plead, in case yeah, I'm gonna take could the pill. Plead ignorance, or even like with IVF, they don't get into that knowing like, oh, th- this is apparently what they're. I'm probably going to throw away say, like two eggs here. Yeah. Yeah. If the, Fertilized. The mechanisms. Yeah, yeah. If the mechanisms are present that make us alive, mm-hmm. yes. are present in this whatever mm-hmm. phase or whatever you want to call it, yeah. then I say that's life. It doesn't make sense to me when it's just a group of cells to say that you've murdered something. Well, you're a group of cells. <laughs> I am a group of cells, but what makes me a living being isn't just. The cells, it's that the cells form tissue and the tissues that form certain organs. So you think that once tissue starts to form, that's the line? I would say a heart and a brain. I think that's when something's alive. And I, I think... Well, the, I, like, stop saying alive because, like like I said, okay, a uh, cell human or life, a tree human life, or whatever. Yes, yeah, so that something is okay. human. Yeah, human. Okay. I would say then, and I know that's still fairly early on in the process. I think it's about two, mm. four weeks. The heart is 18 days. Yeah. I don't know about the brain, but I know like neurological structures are forming even right. yeah, before Yeah, you have like a proto brain. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I would even consider that, you know, the case like that that would qualify. Proto brain. But like the morning after sounds like pill, a supplement. <laughs> <laughs> the morning after pill is that the same thing as abortion? I would I would say I wouldn't say yes because I think like yes, like you said, it's alive. Yeah. But it's it's a it's a group of cells and it doesn't like if you were that Sam or if you were that Miguel just these. The same level of group of cells that that's in the mm-hmm. the uh, I guess the womb or the uterus, or whatever. At same. that time, the uterus. Yeah, you would not be the same as you are now, you know. And again, the problem is <laughs> if, you were, if you were different, you wouldn't yeah. be the same. But what I'm saying is like you wouldn't. I wouldn't consider that human. And the problem is that like these categories aren't as defined in the Bible because they didn't have like the technology that we have and the data that we have to kind of make phases and, and talk about and you know you, you ever see like the the different phases the different uh you mentioned zygote i don't know all yeah, the terms, yeah but you know and, you, and then it yeah i talk like, a yeah. lot about that stuff yeah. we talk a lot about abortion in my uh, government class but in in the bible in the biblical times they didn't see any of that 
Mm-hmm. And you have, like, you can read Ecclesiastes where it says and how the bones form in the womb. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, now we know. Knitting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> now we know. They didn't know then. Yeah. Now we know. And so, like, now we're trying to go off of this new data to try to figure all this out. It's like, Well, uh, I, I think one thing that the Bible does that is actually really helpful is it paints sex in a sacred light. Absolutely. So, like, with Onan, you know, it's like he, so there's, you know who I'm talking about, what I'm talking about, Onan in the Bible. Oh, and it's you, like you his, his, okay, his, his older brother is married and oh. he has a wife and the older brother dies. Yeah. And right. so, you know, as the custom is supposed to be, he's supposed, he's supposed to, to impregnate yeah. his brother's wife. So that she can give birth and have kids that when she's in her old age, her kids will be able to take care of her. And yeah. it's kind of like a societal guard against, um, you know, just social being a, a... Yeah, social security. Uh, very much so. So... Streams and And God tells him, like, hey, you need to do this. And he has sex with her. And but then he when he's... Right? Well, he pulls out. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, the thing. Right. And it says that, like, he spills his seed on the ground or whatever it is. And it's like... Okay, so there, the the action has to do with intention and with sex and with performing sex as God, you know, in, in the, I hesitate to use the word office, but like in the office that, that God prescribes it to, you know, and I say this with the youth at our church too, is like, you know, sex is like fire. If you put sex in a fireplace, or if you put... <laughs> <laughs> You have that, sex in a fireplace. If you put fire in a, because <laughs> I just appreciate that. Yeah, you, you, you if you put fire in your sex, sex place, place. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's like a minefield there. I think that's chlamydia. I was, I was gonna say it might feel like fire yeah. to some people. Yeah. Um, no, like oh. if you put fire in a fireplace, it brings warmth and light to the whole home. But if it gets out, like it it destroys the home, mm-hmm. and. Uh, we we're we're just extremely casual about it, and we thought we were liberating ourselves mm. when with the free love movement, and really we've enslaved ourselves, yeah. and we've created this you know a, a culture of of fatherlessness and a culture of um, you know just so many kids who just have no stability in the home, um, and it's like are are we supposed to be excited that this is where we wound up? But hey, at least we get to have guilt-free sex with whoever we want. I'm curious, uh, now that you mentioned, like, the free love movement and everything like that, I, I'm i curious to see the numbers of orphanages and the amount of children that have ended up in foster care and that sort of thing through Since the years. Since Roe versus Wade? Yeah. Or just, just, well, just, you know, like, in, in general, through the years, like, are we at more than we've ever had before? Mm-hmm. It, you know, and that sort of thing. I'm curious about all those numbers. Well, there's a there's a documentary. Um, it doesn't give... I don't know if it gives those specific numbers, but it's called Freakonomics. Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of it? And oh, I think it was yeah. also a book. But, it, it, it is a book. Yeah. But, you know, I just watched the TV because... The digestible two-hour version. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it talks about how, like, there was in some suburb of some, you know, urban area uh, talking about how crime noticeably started to drop after like the late 80s and then you go into the early 90s and like crime is just kind of creeping down and they're like hey isn't this such a great thing because women had access to abortion um if they would have given birth those kids would have grown up and they would have been fatherless and they would have uh you know likely gotten into drugs and they likely would have dealt drugs and they likely you know just the crime would have kind of stayed where it was but thank god because women have access to these you know 
safe abortions and everything, that the crime in that um, in those communities started to go down. But it's like I said before, I don't look at that as crime going down. Like murder went way up, and then like TVs getting stolen went down. And to to look at those situations and say, sorry kid, like if if I let you be born you're probably going to turn into a drug addict and a television thief, so I'd rather you just die. And to say that to 62 million people, or whatever it is at now, um, I think those statistics are a little old by now, but um, to say, yeah, it's, it's, rav- it's better to just tell these kids, we're, we're better off if, if your moms just kill you, you know, because our TVs are safer in their, you know, in our entertainment centers. And how do you not take that logically to... Well, people who are in an impoverished state, let's just kill them as well because they're more likely to kill or to to do a crime. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't do that. We wouldn't stand for that. So it's just because you've seen them. Yeah. Honestly, that is a big part of it. And uh, you know that abortions actually, as a function of population, have gone down since like the early 90s because of Trump. Because of Trump, you know? So because, Full you know, circle. No, uh, abortions have gone down because of the advent of, um, like, ultrasound technology. Mm-hmm. And, like, they can show you, and it's gotten really good. Like, you can see 3D images of your baby oh, in the right, room. Right, right. And it's like, okay, you're, you're making a decision. Like, now you know what's in here. It's not just, like, you know, a, a vaguely fist-shaped or sized thing. You know, that's just kind of like, you know, slowly developing a, a nervous system and a skeletal muscular system. Like, it's, that thing has a nose and it has like a, a mouth and eyes and, and ears. And, uh, I mean, we're, we're not that far in, mom. You know, it, we're, we're three weeks in, we're four weeks in and, and like already these things are forming. And if you terminate this thing, you don't it's almost like you don't get to plead the ignorance of saying like, yeah, but I thought it was just like a, a mass, you know, like a big yolk of an egg or something. I will say that is something that I liked that, uh, the group I, I went to the abortion clinic with, um, would do is that if anyone, if any woman was about to walk in, they'd be like, you can have a free ultrasound right now if you want. Mm-hmm. Like they just had that available to everyone. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Yeah. And that is a big deterrent once they once they finally see the baby. Yeah, I, I, you know, I. But I think that's part of education. I think, mm-hmm. I think that I think that falls into the B camp that yeah. we were kind of addressing earlier. Sure. Like, you know, people become more educated about what they have in them. You know, they become more educated about next steps. Um, and I think you know, recently, um, in, in 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 my life, I've had. Um, a few friends and family that have had um, kids um, and those kids have um, come about in the mo- the not in not ideal circumstances mm-hmm. whether it's been through c-section or through um, they've been born with uh, meconium poisoning or mm. or things like that um, you know the lack of education that's there is shocking and I mean having a kid is hard enough mm-hmm. you know I mean it's it's extremely challenging you know but uh I mean last week uh I was talking to Nicole 
uh, about uh, some friends that had had a baby, and mm -hmm. and she was like, oh, today's day two, and I'm like, well, day two, like you need to like check in on them. Day two is mm -hmm. the hardest day. Um, day one is cake. Day two is terrible. You know, and then day three, you know, it gets a little better. Um, and, and there's like, it's something I didn't know when, when we had our kids, you know, it's something that uh, Nicole didn't know at the time. Um, and, and so often, um, you know, the, the talk around kids or the talk around, you know, having babies falls into two things like, oh, you're having a kid oh but you're so young or but mm. you're single how are you gonna do it like the challenges you're gonna overcome yeah. or it's it's like a kid death sentence kids are magical and rainbows and sunshine and you're gonna see them and the world's gonna glow and you're gonna have new motivations in life and i don't think we really talk about it in a serious light of hey having a kid is amazing and it's glorious and you'll look at something and fall in love with something so deeply and mm. crazy that it's weird but it sucks yeah. like your body's gonna change it's gonna be different like and we need we need to bring about that education mm. that real um discussion conversation yeah because I, I think you know when i think of like i'm just thinking of my church people and i think i get that from them like oh man awesome like kids are, are awesome you're gonna be tired a lot just be ready for that. Like there's, there's, there's so much like about your life that's going to change oh, yeah. as far as, uh, I so I, I, I feel like I don't really have anybody in my life painting either of those two unrealistic scenes because what, what well, I do well, agree with is I hear, I hear people not necessarily in my life, but they treat a baby like it's the end of your freedom. Like it's the end of your life. And it's like, okay, now you have responsibilities and, and things that you didn't have before. But people are like, oh, why would you do that? Like, you know, you, you two need to take some time to just kind of enjoy each other, get to know each other. It's like, because once you have a baby, you won't be able to enjoy anything. Well, well I, I think, yeah. I think again, that's, I think, I think that's partly because people are not educated. Like, yeah. Our culture hates kids. Our culture does not prepare people for parenthood our culture does not prepare people to sacrifice lovingly and willingly um and our culture romanticize i mean like even i mean like okay gender reveal parties you know like oh, gosh, they're just like don't get me wrong like we had gender reveal parties like i was excited to find out the gender of each you know we didn't have anything crazy we didn't set half of california on fire to do it <laughs> you know is that true um, yes no there was a wildfire but it was like it accounted for like point one percent of oh. the present it, wildfires and point one percent of the present wildfires. When half the yeah. state's on fire, though, point one percent is still. So was a, the was the fire pink or blue? <laughs> <laughs> red. That was red. Oh. If that if that fire was blue, it was burning real hot. <laughs> like yeah. oh crap, um, but like you know, gender reveals romanticize yeah. the process baby showers romanticize the process of like, like hey idea. let's ha let's play games and let's drink let's see who can drink out of a bottle the fastest and let's do clips and stuff like the entire process is romanticized and and we we no longer value the wisdom mm -hmm. of older moms mm -hmm. who come in and are like all right get ready for the suck yeah. like this Literally. is what you need. This is how you're going to do it. This is like, this is what pushing's yeah. like. This is well, what a C-section's that, like. That's a conversation that I was having with Joe even just yesterday. 
is like this idea of imagine ancient times and like okay the woman's getting ready to have a baby and like her water breaks Quite and now could die. she's in the tent and all these women like her mom your mom all of her sisters her aunts grandparents women from the village are just in that room doting on her taking care of her changing out towels like bringing in water all that sort of and and it's like man it, it's almost I almost have this feeling of I would love to be a fly on the wall during all that like to see <laughs> well to to see like this operation going on where there's all these women many of whom have been through the process and they're like okay I know I see that and I know that that means that she needs this let me go get this for her and you just have this flood of love and serving each other and you know Nicole is with um with Becky you know during a, a large portion of the of the labor um and just to have that kind of bonding experience, you know, with, with other, of a woman to other women, as far as like, you were there for me whenever I was going through the most physically intense thing that I've ever done in my life. Um, yeah, I, that to me is so much more interesting than any gender reveal party. Yeah. Um, I, I would love to have that conversation with Nicole as far as like, if, if we would ha even have a gender reveal party, if that winds up happening, like I, I'm not in favor of it. I'm in favor. I've heard of people like they have the doctor put the results in an envelope. They go to a restaurant and they give the envelope to a chef and they say, you know, make us a little cake. If, if it's a boy, make the inside blue. If it's a girl, make the inside pink. And it's just me and her. Like, that, that's essentially yeah. what we did. Like, like yeah. our gender reveal party was like our parents. Yeah. You know? And, but, but like, uh, yeah, like you're right. The whole, the, there's got to be a gender reveal party and a baby shower and a like just all all these different events. Maternity you know, they have shower to, yeah, sometimes. Mater sure. And then a baby sprinkle. What is that? That's typically a, a baby like a shower is if it's like your or, first baby. Uh -huh. But like if you have a second baby, you don't really have another baby shower. But if you have a party, it's uh, called a baby sprinkle. Okay. It's You're still just anyway. getting your friends. So it, it just. Stuff. Pretty it much. just yeah. diminishes the second child. So. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. because of, because the of theory there's a lot of stuff the, you can reuse. Yeah, the thing a is changing like, table. Yeah, like right, like your right, baby right. shower is like, hey, I've never done this before. I literally have nothing. Gotcha. Come yeah. and help me prepare. Yeah. Okay. And then a baby sprinkles like, no, hey, it's we're still gonna celebrate because you know you're having another kid, but you don't need a changing table yeah, or a or a baby swing. Yeah. yeah, you know, like repurpose that junk. So I don't know what it says about me, but I love seeing videos of gender reveal parties going terribly wrong. Oh, because it, it's so fun. It's like, ha, your affluence was your hubris. <laughs> well, like, I, I, I've seen multiple. Like, there was one where, like, they did the cake thing, and they forgot to put food coloring in it. And so it was just a regular cake yeah. when they cut it open. And then there's other That's ones. That's a win-win. <laughs> and then there's other, there's other ones where like, yes, we have to do this again, guys, right, with right. another cake. Right. Um, but then like, I saw, I think the most. Uh, the balloon flew away. The, yeah. Well, yeah. I, one thing. I saw one where they, they popped in this giant balloon or something, but instead of it like poofing into the air. It it looked it seemed like it was just way too much of the the blue that they put in it of whatever kind of powder it is and it just jumped on this little girl that was standing right there <laughs> she was just blue, covered in blue it was hilarious and then the most recent one I saw was a um, I want sister <laughs> right, right no but the most recent one I saw was it was uh, the woman who was actually pregnant I think uh, she was the one who bought the whatever the poppers or whatever with the colors she bought the wrong color. 
and it was a oh, girl. Man. And so her whole family was cheering that it was a boy. And she's like, oh, crap, what do I do? I think it's a boy. It's actually a girl. It's like, it's just ridiculous things yeah. like that can all go How wrong she during that. Buy the wrong color? I don't know. Well, I think but, it, it's like, it's something like, uh, you know, these people throw these parties because it genuinely is a joy and it genuinely yeah. is like something that people come together about and, and they celebrate together. And so it's like children are a blessing. Children are a joy. And uh, I, I really do think that we live in a culture that that hates kids. You know, like we want our we want our theaters to be child free. We want our restaurants to be child free. We want like, every yeah, our flights to be child free. Whenever we see a kid, we're like, oh, gosh, like kill me now. Um, yep. Flights with children are bad, though. I've been on more than one of those. I feel bad for babies on planes because, like, no they one can understand. no one can tell them, like, look, your ears are going to pop and it might even hurt, but, like, it's going to be okay, okay? <laughs> and they're just like, ah! But, uh, I I, just got yeah, we just, we've raised not enough. to go out for the first two years until you <laughs> not train to fly, your child. Not to yeah. fly, yeah. Or go to a movie theater. Seen that happen? <laughs> it's like, what are, what are they in here for? Like, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, there there are babysitters. As far as like, I've seen small children be brought to very, uh, not small children oriented movies. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, what's the what's the thought process behind this? <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I I I think I think that is most of the time, it's selfishness. You know, it's I was ill prepared for this. I want to do this though, so I'm going to go and do this. I'm gonna. Yeah. I was. I was. I did not know that having a kid would mean I don't get to go to a movie theater mm. for oh, years. I tell you something. You know, in my I. Job. I didn't know that having a kid meant I couldn't vacation to yeah. Disney World every other year, every year. You know, like, well, I feel like Disney is kind of made for kids. Two-year-olds, one-year-olds, the, the, the kind of it. kids that scream nonstop on a flight. They you know how you solve it. that? Don't go to Disney. That's well, very true. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I feel like people are just unprepared for it and there's, um, so much romance around it. I mean, and you can even see when it comes to, uh, like how to feed a child and like, you know, there's the breast is best movement or there's fed is best. Um, and it's, you know, it, it's fed is best is not a very good slogan. Um, it, it's not, but you know, when, when it happens that babies die because mothers are no no no. i'm not a real mom unless i breastfeed or formula is going to poison my kid because it has trace amounts of something dumb i don't know um cyanide for sure or mercury or i don't probably not mercury come on you know what well, a little cyanide ever um, hurt anybody i think but, you know, mercury like, was made and uh and, and, and when people push so hard <laughs> that like babies are underfed or underweight you know um you know, those are issues and mm. because because it's so polarized and so romanticized yeah. of this is how you should do it. This is what needs yeah. to be done. And it's not nobody talks about like, hey, sometimes you don't produce milk or hey, yeah. sometimes you're too tired to be mm. feeding all the time or to be pumping all the time and you yeah. need someone to jump in or you've had a C section and you're hurting too much to jump in on feedings all the mm -hmm. time or getting up in the middle of the night to do so when you have stitches because your guts have been pulled out so that they could reach a baby yeah. you know my wife never had a c-section nor do i really wish she had a c-section but i wish i could be in the room for a c-section really yeah i'm good 
I would no, maybe I, faint. If somebody offered Any me that, thing, if I somebody offered me that, I would, I would take that opportunity. What happened like, in the good know? old days when the the husband would just be out in the lobby with, with a cigar? cigar. Yeah, <laughs> it's like I all right, those uh, nurses, doctors, doula, midwife, they'll all take care of that. I had a friend. He was like. I, I, I don't know why, like, I had never put, like, critical thought into it. He's like, oh, my wife had a C-section. I'm like, oh, that's crazy. And he's like, yeah, I really didn't mind until, like, they literally, like, rolled up a tray and, like, pulled her intestines out, put it on the table, oh, and then, like, went back in for the baby. And I was like, you're right. Those would be, that would happen. Yeah. I need to see this. Nah. Um, I'm sure there's videos. I think that's a love a little too oh, deep. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure, like, the FBI probably now has me on, like, some radar and it's like, doing Especially aerial scans FBI. yeah of like my backyard to make sure i'm not like some psycho killer but uh i just don't understand i don't even want to see a normal word i i just saw a video that came yeah. out just the other day of a woman who I, I don't know the circumstances but apparently she was forced into giving birth in a parking lot as opposed to being able to go to the hospital i don't know why that happened but she was standing up the whole time yeah that's the best way to do it yeah she was Actually, just all horse Huh? All fours. All fours is the best. Mm-hmm. I've heard about people doing it in a bathtub or like water births or whatever. Yeah, just they say like to be on all fours is like the most natural. Huh? Well, that's how every other animal does. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. Um, Those poor giraffes just. Yeah. Well, we spank babies on the bottom. I mean, that's the same that's thing. That's falling like, from how many feet up in the air? <laughs> yeah, but they're already, when they're born, you they're just like six drop feet them tall. from a foot above <laughs> So they, they yeah. yeah, but they're so long that it's really just like a two-foot drop. <laughs> it's the equivalent of getting spanked on the bottom. I was at work, and this woman... There's so many, like, things with, with children that is kind of, like, I just observed. But this one time it bothered me. And... I don't know what she was getting at because whatever point she was trying to get, I think she realized as soon as it came out of her mouth that it was going to be stupid. But anyways, this is what happened. She's <laughs> getting a bunch of podcast. <laughs> she's she's you know scanning her items and everything like that, and she has I think two or three children, right? And one of them is like a four or five year old boy. Anyways, now she's getting all her items and everything. There's a line building up. We're kind of shorthanded, so what I'm trying to do is make sure that the line is just going and going, so I don't have to call anybody out of the floor because I know we're shorthanded. So we could just get this done smoothly. You want to call someone out of the floor from floor. I know. Ah, okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> so I'm like basically done, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, I forgot a ham. Can I just tell my son to go get it for me?" And I was like, "I was like, I don't even know what to say here because you got to be like." Got a kiss, yeah. yeah. Just say but no. <laughs> but then also, it's like I got a line here, and I don't know. So I kind of didn't say anything, and she's like, "Honey, go get the, the the ham." And he's just staring at her, and he's like, "You know where the ham is, right?" You, you know, I just never. And I was like, "Listen, just uh, let me just get you here, and then you could get your ham." And I was gonna tell her, okay, I was gonna tell her. Once you get your ham, I'll let you go right through the line. Yep. There's just one thing. Yeah. But I didn't get to because as I'm telling her, she's like, really? You're going to make me do Oh, my gosh. Like, this is just terrible customer service. So I was like, oh, whatever. And I got her. <laughs> said, okay. There you go. So I was still going to tell her once I saw her or whatever, like, to come here. I was hoping she would just complain about it to my face so I could just do it real quick. But she ended up going back in line, which is like, all right. Anyways, didn't have to call anybody out of the floor. And it was great. It took like two, it took like two minutes for her. And she came up to me and I thought like maybe she realized it was done because she didn't seem angry or anything. Mm-hmm. 
But as soon as she hit him, she's like, I can't believe that you made it. This is the worst customer. Do you have children? You know what? And then she's like, kept going. And I was like, I wanted to like, I was like, what was the point of that question of, do I have children? Like, because you have children, all of a sudden that means that because you did not remember to get the ham, that I have to stop all of life because you have children. Like, give me a break. And, and luckily she, because she like, didn't even let me answer that. She like, said it really quick. And I just said, okay, thank you, ma'am. Have a good day. I hope you have a good day. This is Gary Hammer. Let her go. But like that stuff aggravates me. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the heck her point was. She's trying to weaponize her children. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, do, do you have children? And I was like, and I was going to be like, no. Because I'm big brain. <laughs> I'm like, no. And I'm like, and they're your children. Like, and I don't know why this yeah. like matters with you and the ham. Like, yeah. not going <laughs> to stop the line because you got to go get a ham. Just ridiculous. Anyways, I think funny. that's one of those stories that like, it's funny in your mind because like I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it was funny. I just had to vent that I was holding that in. I had to vent how dumb some people are. Yeah, yeah. I don't, are. When people say like, "Oh, you're tired because of you know your college classes," well, I have two kids and like you know. Do all you know that, my mother? Yeah, it's it's uh it's obnoxious when people do that. Anyway. Uh, children are a blessing. I think. Is that a good place to cap it? Oh, absolutely. Think? Sure. Okay, so we've solved the problem of abortion, and with uh, a snap of the fingers. Yeah, exactly. Just an infinity gauntlet. So totally we will see you guys next year.